0: All right, everybody, uh, welcome to Imperfect Allies. I'm Richie. I'm Chris. And we are excited to be back with you this week. Uh, Chris, how are we doing this week, man?
1: Oh, man, this week has been an adjustment as I uh, settle into life after Trump and get used to uh, finding happiness mm. in other places and uh, not vegging out on making fun of our our former president. <laughs>
0: yeah that's that's for sure that's for sure uh we'll see how it goes we're recording this before the inauguration so we're just going to um believe that everything went well and <laughs> oh my gosh just trust <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy yeah trust yeah trust uh well one thing man it's come up this week or pretty recently is for me is you know i was as a kid i hated camping i did belows and i was never a boy scout but um i went to meetings you know yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's right. We've got but, meetings. Yeah, uh, but uh, I don't know. The last I don't know four or five months or so, it's really been on my heart and mind um, to sort of find find a way to reconnect with uh, nature, the earth, whatever else. You know, mm-hmm. you want. Um, I think part of learning what I'm learning with you and reading the books I'm reading there is there is this sort of lie that's propagated that we are separate from nature. And um we're not, but we definitely have this disconnect, right? Yeah. And and um you know, and so anyway, um never interested in camping before, but as I sort of feel drawn to that, you know, earth honoring traditions and indigenous, indigenous thinking and things, there's this sort of draw to get back into that stuff. And so um, I've been like, you know, watching YouTube videos and reading books and stuff, uh, things like that, and taking classes, I'm going to take a, a uh, uh, it's like a, it's a stop the bleed class. So it helps <laughs> like, you, uh, you know, stop, apply tourniquets and, you know, dress wounds and all this stuff. So it's never anything I've been interested in, but it's absolutely an essential skill to be connected to nature that way, to just be able to treat, you know, wounds. Anywho, <laughs> what I have noticed, and let me, let me ask you if you noticed this too, that's probably, I probably know the answer. Uh, not a lot of black people in the survival <laughs> outdoors. Yeah. Space.
1: We don't do this. What's, what's
0: going on, Chris? What's going on, Chris?
1: <laughs> I mean, you're talking about like outside in the woods, just like for fun. No? Yeah. yeah, just for just for fun. Yeah. No, um, the irony of that is, I grew up as a Boy Scout, and um I was yeah. in an all-black troop, and um, we were always oh, wow. um seen as an anomaly. And uh, yeah. the funny part was white people were just as surprised to see black people out there as we were surprised to be there. So (laughs) (laughs) it was, it was always interesting. Um, Every time we go on a camping trip to a big place where there's tons of other troops there. And we were clearly the only black, troop out there and every now and then we saw one lone black person in the troop and he would look at us like help me um but Um, (laughs) it was just it was such a a unique experience to be uh, out there and i can tell you that the day i became a eagle scout and out of the troop that was the last time i ever went camping for fun so yeah it's something we we really don't do yeah yeah and
0: and i i uh you know i noticed that a lot of the faces were pale faces and I was like, okay, that's fine. And so, you know, I guess, you know, whatever there's, there's obviously something going on. I don't know what it is, but whether I'm not uh, ascribing malicious intent or anything, but, you know, um, as I looked for like black or indigenous survival teachers, just there wasn't any that I Mm -hmm. could find and um, or at least easily. Um, I found a couple of people that have been um, Shelton Johnson, who's a, who's a, um, 30 year forest park, uh, national forest park ranger, you know, he's been, he's been trying to help diversify parks for 20 years and lots of other people that were, I'm looking to, to learn more about, but there just, there just wasn't a lot. And I was, I was curious about, I was just curious about that, you know, like what is it the, well, I know one thing I ran into, you know, like, like some of the people that I watched, they, they switched from survival videos to like political analysis. I'm like, I don't want to do, that. you know what I mean? Like, like, what? like, I'm going to teach you how to, I'm going to teach you how to make, you know, make a cordage out of, out of grass is video one. And the next video the thing is like why the election was stolen. And I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> you know, <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, so, that's the demographic they're expecting for all of the people watching to also be conservative, right? That's right, An right. outdoorsy white purist. That's that's funny. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: I got to give a shout out to uh, my boy, the gray bearded green beret man. He is uh, he's he's my guy as as far as all this stuff goes, and really been helpful. And and one of the great like I don't know where he is politically. Um, he doesn't really talk about it or whatever else because it's so divisive. And I understand that. But one of the things that like popped out to me was he was talking about being a woodsman or a woods woman or, or a woods person. Like he was using sort of the language of like uh, uh, the gender language that's, uh, that's emerging is like, there's also, there's he, she, and them. And he was mm-hmm. using that. And I was like, this is my dude. Like, cause he's, he just tells me that he's paying at least paying attention, you know, like, He's not, you know, I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't a code word, but it was just like, I I just felt like for somebody in that space to say that uh, and not be joking or like trying to make fun of anybody, it was just like a real, like, you know, Hey, that could be somebody that's, you know, uh, you know, them is is their pronouns. Like, I was just like, that's my guy. (laughs) I I don't know, man. Um. Yeah. So, but, but as I, as I look around um, that space, you know, I was looking up like outdoor shops. So like Cabela's or a cat, you know, like even Academy, which is got you know, sporting goods too. Uh, if you look at a map of Fort Worth, it's all, all that stuff is in none of the predominant black and Latinx uh, spaces. Not even <laughs> there's the no Cabela's in the East side. <laughs> there's not, a, there's not an Academy on the East side, you know, Uh, I think they got a Walmart, you know, east of 35, but like, it's just like, there's nothing, you know? Uh, But I look at the suburbs and all surrounding areas that are predominantly white. And it's, those are, those places are there. And Bass pro. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Bass pro shop. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't, I mean, what's, you know, what's the disc, is there, is there a disconnect from black culture that like, not like being outside or I I don't know what's, I mean, is there a, well, you see so if your, you've seen
1: Lovecraft the Country, there's only one mm-hmm. episode where they're outside in the woods. I don't know if you remember how that episode went, but that was <laughs> scary as hell. <laughs> um, so they chose that to be the only wood experience for a reason. The, wow. the black cultures connection with the woods is running from the KKK, running from the cops, running from a slave catcher, running from something. It's it, running to the free land, running up north. It's running is the experience that you have if you're in the woods. Um, it is it is maybe fantasized currently as a scary place, but it used to actually be a scary place culturally. And I think those have roots in why you have the black diaspora um, not, partaking, whereas you you could Hmm. potentially find very naturalist Black people if you're looking at Africa or if you're looking at Australia with a non-slavery connection in that same way but in black american no you ain't catching me out in the woods Um, it's it's not something i'm gonna be doing and i did it in boy scouts but that's because every time in our troop there was 15 to 20 of us guaranteed Mm -hmm. and we were always always like going to sleep with someone ready to screen, hey you know you're you're on duty tonight make sure <laughs> if if you hear something in the woods let us know
0: <laughs> had somebody on watch okay. okay always well and that that's what that's interesting because that reminds me so shelton johnson uh the park ranger i mentioned before he showed a picture of uh, an older couple couple in front of in front of uh, el capitan in yosemite to a white audience and the white audience goes, wow, that's so beautiful. And then he also showed it to us, to a a group of, of inner city Detroit students uh, that were black, predominantly black. And their first response was, are those people? Okay. Did they get out? Exactly. I mean, and that's, I don't know, man. I mean, I think there's, I think it's layered. I think there's lots like, like everything. There's a complexity to it. Uh, Because as I was even thinking about, you know, um, Shelton's message is like, he's like, you know, there's so few black people come to national and state parks, like for Texas, it's 1% of people that visit the state parks, when they fill out those surveys, would consider themselves African American on the surveys. And so it's like, well, we've got, we're we're pushing like more 18 to 20% in Texas. So where's everybody at? And why, you know, and 18
1: um, to 20% 20% attendees Black in-, in
0: Texas, I think so. Like, no, just in Texas, in general, our population. Oh, I pop- oh okay. I thought you meant out yeah, in the yeah. woods, of
1: like 18 yeah. to 20. 20- no, no, no. 1%. 1% <laughs> in the woods. Okay. Yeah, 1% <laughs> sounds a little high. I'm, but but yeah, I could believe that. That's mm-hmm. ooh, okay. All right. I, I follow you now. Yeah. And and also, and
0: also to like, um, I, I I don't know, I, I'm just kind of thinking of thinking it through. And camping to me, I don't want to make anybody mad, but I've done it already. So I'm sure but <laughs> don't camping to me, like recreational camping seems to be a place of like pretty, like out and out privilege. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to just sort of tip my toe in in this area, I've got access to running water. I've got access to toilets. I got access to this thing and the other. I'm just going to kind of. Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to uh, ascribe anything malicious either. But that's just what what I saw and what I didn't connect with. I'm like, why are? I don't know. It just doesn't. It felt like a. It, it's it's almost like I felt the separation more that I was out there. That I I know I know I'm separate from this in some way, mm. right? I don't rely
1: on the forest for food. It'll it, rely on the earth for medicine, you know. It's very similar to going to Six Flags or going to SeaWorld. You are trying to have an experience. It is definitely yeah. camping typically for people is an experience unless, you know, they might be going hiking or something like that. But I understand the idea of the privilege as this is a vacation. And, yeah, you know, I think in the black community, that just sounds like a horrible Horrible vacation. Like why (laughs) are you spending time and money to go outside and eat food that is in a like foil bag that you (laughs) add water to and you call that delicious. And you're like, Oh, this experience, I I will remember this forever. It's like, yeah, it's traumatic. You should remember that forever. Um, But you know, the the black community, we just have a totally different outlook on that. And again, I I don't know if that's from that that passed down experience of that's a scary place to be or the current Mm -hmm. world is like, that just doesn't sound like fun. I, I don't that is not black culture's version of fun. And right. again, even in our media that we consume, there's no connection to a wooded area in a good light. I, I I can't think of a single movie or show that makes the woods like, oh yeah, we just went camping for fun. It's like, no, you're either homeless or you're running. Mm. That's the only two I can think of. Oh, wow, wow. And I know that, I
0: mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm also going to qualify, qualify what I said earlier. I, I I know people go out, connect with nature. I'm not trying to judge anybody's experience. I want to be clear for me. That's what it was. It felt like it felt like I was dipping my toes in it and not, not really connecting. Um, so uh, yeah, that's interesting that the running or like homelessness that um, I wonder if the, the, is it a, is it have anything to do with the appearance of like poverty in any way? Or like I know camping doesn't seem like a poor thing, but like, well, we don't have like nothing's nice. I don't know.
1: Well I'm just curious. You gotta also understand. So the white population is scattered completely all across the nation of America. Um the yeah. black culture is predominantly in the South. Just predominantly. That's where the, the mass majority are. And the South is covered in wooded area covered. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some places that have no infrastructure, it's all woods. And so what you get <laughs> from that is a yeah. connection to the woods is like, that is where the more impoverished neighborhoods are for like, um, mm. I well, when I think of my grandparents, they didn't consider themselves impoverished. But when I go back home, and go to their birth home and go to their um, neighborhoods. It's so off in the woods, I mean there's no, the there's no roads that are paid necessarily, some of them are, and you're just out there it's it's not it's not the most comfortable modern place to be, and so we might have a connection of trying to advance right everyone in America is trying to move forward and get further and get uh, pushed forward from where your parents and grandparents were that means get out the woods, let's get out the south um you also have the um just connection to what most of that land is is it used to be either plantations or you know it's just it's the south and so i'm from texas where it's not the deep south but my grandparents are from mississippi and every time i go there i realize how wooded it all is and that that is what we used to have to experience at all times but you know i you know i want to give a shout out to There's a a Facebook group called black American Outdoorsmen, and they got Mm -hmm. 85,000 members, right? So that's about 1% of the black (laughs) population, but (laughs) they're out there. So, you know, I don't want to act like this is widespread every single case, but a lot of black folks will not be out in the woods and that's just the culture. Um, but Alaska actually has a decent black population and that's a very outdoorsman community. So um, for sure. So there, there are definitely groups, but it, it probably won't fit the monolithic culture, um, as much, those Mm. would be one-offs. Yeah. Well, and and another
0: group too, that I found that I loved a lot was outdoor Afro. There's another group that's doing the same, similar kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, uh, is there no sense of like, so, so what I see, what I see, I'll, I'll, what I see with white people in like bushcraft or going out to the back country and just living, living off the land for a couple of days to reconnect. Um, I see them like trapping their own food and making their own fires. And then, you know, looking, cutting down tree or, you know, either dead trees or breaking up branches, like Mm -hmm. really using everything. And it, and it feels uh, uh, very, at least, my small understanding of indigenous thinking, it feels very indigenous in the way that, you know, um, I think I know definitely is lacking from white, white culture as a, as a, a, you know, large, but it seems like there's a more acceptance of it. Like go hunting, you know, that's not a problem for, you know, guns are not a problem. Like, you know, camping is, you know, all that stuff that those kind of things, um, and it's just it's just interesting to me because you know going back over our first show recently and talking about uh, white culture being just lacking like lacking culture at all really mm-hmm. um, you know it, it feels like a move to to reconnect in a way that you know that's that's been disconnected um, and I, I'm just yeah I I wonder I wonder what that is I don't know what it is.
1: Well, yeah, you have it in multiple areas. I mean, you have the naturalists, yeah. the nudists, the, the hippies, you know, the mm-hmm. um, uh, a friend of mine, she is studying in um, basically healing, which is not using medicine, but using uh, herbs and, and things like that from yeah. the land. And so th- there are big pushes heading in that direction right now, but I do feel like they're predominantly white. And, you know, that could be, America is predominantly white so that's going to it's going to yeah. be that way for every single thing in our country but a lot of times with the image of poverty that is like i i mean i am not impoverished i can introduce myself to someone and they'll say wow you you know your family must be so proud like you st- you came from nothing mm-hmm. it's like oh no i i didn't right but that's just the assumption because i am black and so mm-hmm. without the reason why i mentioned that is because the idea of being black is that you have to be moving towards riches because you came from nothing. And so going outside, Mm. that is such a luxury that isn't someone who's always trying to grind. That is, that is, Hey, let's take some time off. Let's relax. Let's go outdoors. Let's connect. You know, you, you're doing that when your family kind of has already made it or, or been established in some way. And, um, Mm. In the black culture there's no it just doesn't feel like there's time for that um and and obviously there's one-off people group people in groups who they really find enjoyment in those things but as the culture Mm -hmm. if you're looking at bet you're not gonna watch there's not gonna be any camping anything right (laughs) Right. that will be a fish out of rv
0: shows or nothing
1: no rvs that's a fish out of water (laughs) and it's a it's probably a comedy um and, you know, yeah. Tyler Perry, uh, Medea goes outside like, oh, shit. You know, like, <laughs> that's going to be it. <laughs> so it's funny, man.
0: Well, and, and when you said that, too, that's really interesting to me. And, and, I, and I wonder uh, if that is part of the colon, colonial mindset, uh, because of as far as like having like just always being on your grind because what we're learning from indigenous folks as we read and listen and, 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 things like that is, is the world is, has everything for you. It's all there. Mm-hmm. You have more than you need. And it's just like the lack of knowledge of how to like, I don't know what to do with this flower. Right. Well, yeah. some person knows like, Oh no, that you can treat headaches with that. Or you can, you know, treat rashes or, you know, what, whatever it is. Um, there's already such an abundance available. Um, it, it's like, and it feels like as I step into this, I'm stepping into riches. Like mm. I'm stepping into like this much more. Like if I learn how to live off the land, I don't have to. I mean, I don't have to do anybody else's job. Like yeah. I don't. You know what I mean? I don't have to work for you nobody. I food.
1: Else. You don't have to do anything.
0: Right. You, you know, free. and I have to. I still have to work for it and do it myself and find the availability. But like. And, and that is to me is such a anxiety reducing
1: <laughs> like mindset. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know, man. Well, I, I know in the black community, it's, it's almost been presented to us in a way where we're behind, right? So if you're in a race, and you're told yeah. you're behind, yeah, yeah. you are going to try and win, the, like you're you running harder, you're running faster, or you give up, right? Either or. Whereas um, I look at it, if you're already winning in the race, you're like, you know, let me let me stop, let me take a break, let me go out in the woods, and, and mm. so, um, I interesting. I, I feel like Black community, we were hoodwinked in the way of hey, you're behind because that's it's it's told to us that we're behind, but in reality, you know, if you look at any African cultural nation, most of those nations have tons of natural resources, right? If you look at Mm-hmm. Even Native Americans and things like that—tons of connection to natural resources—and it is that individualist Western mindset that said, "Hey, if you're doing those things, you are behind. Get, get in our race. Ooh, this is the real yeah. race, right?" And so now we're running this wow. race, and the irony is, white privilege is to say, "Well, actually, the let's connect with the land," and and you know, black people are like, "Yo, we used to do that, and y'all told us we were behind," and so it's just. It's just kind of ironic that you see this dichotomy of Black people not out in the woods, not connecting with the land, but they come from historical roots of that Afrocentric naturalist culture. And we've lost that because we're told we're losing the race of capitalism. We're losing the race of finances. We're losing losing the race of having nice things. And so we got to get that. And man, Black culture is all about chains, all about jewelry yeah. nice cars yeah. nice handbags nice clothes gotta have your hair right all that because you have to mm-hmm. appear to be winning in the race that the white man set up i mean <laughs> i mean chris that's basically what we have to do wow wow man so i would i mean wow. it'd be cool to see black people you know go naturalists and, and and stop running the rat race uh but you would instantly get feedback that you aren't that you're you're losing you're a dud like look you don't have the nice change you don't have the instagram photo of money and going in the air and wow and it's funny because i listen to conservatives who say black culture is the problem but so much of black culture Mm -hmm. is trying to catch up because we've been told Mm -hmm. we're behind and so you see Mm -hmm. this fascination with um blowing money and just living Mm -hmm. and going and 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 excess and it doesn't build generational wealth it doesn't do us service right. in the future but we've been told right. that we're losing so this is how we show we're winning it's like nah I'm not broke look I got this car on lease it's like look, right. I'm not broke <laughs> this this belt buckle costs $20,000 don't test me yeah. and yeah. in reality we don't have the generational wealth because we're trying to play this catch up game mm. wow man Wow. And so have you noticed that black, that, that white culture wow. doesn't, um, doesn't ec- use excess in the same way? Like typically if you have a really, really nice car, it's because you got everything else. It seems like. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's,
0: there are, there are white people that flaunt their wealth. Um, and I've, I've driven their ass around Fort Worth and Dallas. <laughs> when I was like a valet and yeah. chauffeur and stuff. Um, at the same time, which I got to tell you a story about Kirk Franklin, was so funny. <laughs> uh, it's it's a totally different thing. I'll tell you that later. But uh, uh, I think there is a an embarrassment or uh, with wealth, and if not embarrassment, a I don't want to appear wealthy. And I, I have a personal experience. So my car broke down in the middle of a uh, black neighborhood and I'm wearing a Calvin Klein gray suit, Mm -hmm. nice shoes. And I'm like, I feel so out of place. Mm. And like, I'm like, I'm a, well, I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest with my, about my whiteness, like a target Mm. at the same time, or just not even approachable. Like what is this dude in this? Like I I wasn't, I didn't have a pastor vibe. Like, (laughs) And again, that might be whiteness because the the black pastors that I know, they'll dress up and stuff like that on, you know, but, um, I don't know. I, uh, it, 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 there, there seems to me that those two things, whether it be embarrassment or whether it be like, I don't want to, I don't want to flaunt this. So I'm not a target for whatever. Um, maybe the two things for sure. At the same time, generational wealth has not been a part of my life or like, Mm -hmm my friends' lives or things like that. So we're not doing, I mean, any better. Like I didn't, my grandparent, you know, I've had a couple of grandparents die and they didn't like leave me anything as far as mm-hmm. that goes. There's no businesses set up. There's no, um, and that's not a knock on them. I mean,
1: and half were,
0: they- of them we're poor farmers. The other half were salespeople. Like, you know, it's like, it's not
1: <laughs> right. They, but they weren't it also, is- um, indulging in really elaborate expensive things for the appearance yeah. right yeah There.
0: The, that appearance thing is not not part of any any of my experience um but I grew up on the I grew up on the border of sort of of urban and rural so the rural community doesn't do that at all there's I mean there's trucks th- that yeah trucks may be the biggest you know thing but even even people that like really live rural like live live on farms or they 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 know what's up they're like that big truck's not going to do a goddamn thing like Mm -hmm. you know i'll have a white ford f-150 because it's the cheapest and it'll go forever or what you know i'm saying like the you know stock color not going to get anything fancy on it um so yeah that's that's really interesting man that sort of display display of wealth. Um, I've heard I mean, I've heard, you know, like the derogatory. Well, there's a derogatory like term for that. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's um,
1: Is this a white culture thing?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. uh, I mean, I was going to We'll talk about, it. we'll talk it out. So yeah. I don't,
1: I don't know. I don't know the derogatory term for, sh-
0: so the idea is uh, the N word rich.
1: Mm, gotcha. So yeah. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: There's a boiler room, like in boiler room, for instance, I think it's boiler room. One of the characters says you can afford a Maserati, but no gas in the tank kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like that kind of idea of, mm-hmm. which is awful. Like it's just, Oh, I hate even, Oh, <laughs> so uncomfortable. But, I mean, that's what we're here to talk about uncomfortable things. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, sometimes. So and,
1: and I I guess I was curious if there was a a derogatory term that did not involve our race. like uh, that's what I was more like. Is is there a term? Uh, so like growing up, it was preppy
0: or richy, kind of like those are the two terms. Mm-hmm. And and people that were, people that were perceived rich while they were quote unquote like popular or whatever else and had nice cars and everything, like most of the people around them are like, they're just, I mean, they're just rich assholes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? So there's, there's also, cause I mean, the majority of my school, it, it was Crowley, Texas. I mean, there's not, it's middle class, but like it's paycheck to paycheck, middle class, just mm-hmm. like, why, like, I you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, again, it's not generational wealth and some kids, some kids, you know, parents were doctors and dentists and had more money. Um, but, didn't go to school with anybody really, really rich, but even at the same time, if they, if they showed like a new Mustang or something, or, you know, when they're a freshman, uh, there was a, there's a certain feeling like that they were flaunting and like, mm-hmm. that was not to be, that was like, it was just, I don't know. Not to you don't, don't do that. Do that. Mm, gotcha. You know, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So
1: yeah, I can't imagine in, in my experience of black culture. I mean, if you're, well, if you really have money you're not talking about it and if you don't have money or if you don't come for money then you definitely are telling everybody you got money and mm. if you're actually poor and it's very obvious to people you're trying to avoid that at all costs um, yeah and, yeah um So it's just,
0: I mean, I think that's the same for whites. Like that's the my experience with whites too. Like poor whites did not want to be perceived poor. Like there there was this like level at the top and level at the bottom. And if you're below that, you're ostracized. If you're above it, of course you're popular and whatever else. At the same time, there was the large group around you behind your back was like, no, this is, you know, Mm. that's interesting.
1: Hmm. Well, how did we get here? I don't know um <laughs> essentially we we're discussing how the luxury of going outside and the luxury of being not going outside the luxury of camping as a mm-hmm. as a oh yeah extracurricular, extracurricular activity mm-hmm. is yeah. a sign that you don't need to be working right now that you can go outside and enjoy mm-hmm. nature right mm-hmm. the not needing to work right now is a big thing and if you're in black culture if you're off you are living it up. You are out. You are doing what, unless you have a family. But this is as like when you're young, um, you are going right. out and just you, you're living the life so that people know you're mm. not poor. Mm. <laughs> it's it's wow. it's very important to to do those things. And ah, mm. man, I me and my wife just went skiing not too long ago which is basically outdoor camping right but it's more it's you're not camping you're glamping i guess is the term that she likes to use (laughs) glamorous camping and then you go skiing and snowboarding so this was a year ago because 2020 we did nothing but you know Mm -hmm. doing that even is a sign of wealth it's a sign that you can go out and do these things and Maybe that is the barometer of why Black culture is not out there as much, you know. But I also believe that we don't want to be out there as much. I, I only went camp or I only went snowboarding and skiing because in college, my group that I was in, they had a trip planned and I went with them. Otherwise, I would have never experienced it or wanted to go. There was nothing, yeah, um, nothing on my heart that said, "Oh man, going out and skiing would be great." going out on a boat and it would be great. All these extracurricular mm-hmm. activities that I see very common in the white movies and stories. Mm-hmm. They're not the same ways that we indulge. We don't indulge that way. Hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't have the answers or the, to the, well, the whys or whatever. I just, I just found it very, really, really interesting that it was so you know, when you, when you start to see, um, race as, as, you know, you have for a long time, your whole life. And I, I have started to over the last year is like, um, you start seeing these things in a way that's like, and it's sort of eye opening Like, why is that? Like, again, I don't know if it's nefarious, but like, why is the Bass Pro Shop just full of whites? <laughs> and I mean, I know, like, I know that there, every, everybody goes there. I'm not, but at the same time, like, you know, three percent of, of magazine ads in like like outdoorsmen and things like that magazines, the three percent it's black people like represented in it. In it,
1: yeah. And there
0: and there aren't T V shows and movies about, you know, naturalists, black naturalists and stuff like that. In the US at least. And it's what's what's wild is like one of the one of the um, I'll have to get his name. Um, cause I just, I just found out about him, but one of the, like the most preeminent per- permaculture people in the world who took a desert and turned it into like this wonderfully connected, all these plants, uh, permaculture is like this. I don't know if you're familiar with like the, um, philosophy, but like each plant works together to sort of rebuild, um, forests how they naturally do right or naturally are like if you plant beans here the, next to this kind of tree next to this kind of flower you know it it all they all work together
1: yeah that's pretty cool
0: and and the and the he's in senegal and like the work he's doing is like it's incredible like he's taken he bought land for like 40 cents a uh you know a uh what's it called they call it different hector and they're uh, over there but um which is you know, roughly, it's like, a, I think it's like acres and stuff over here. But anyway, he bought land super cheap and people are like, you're not going to grow anything on it. And he just grew this amazing, amazing farm. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I, uh, I I'm suspicious. I'm suspicious. <laughs> I, I wonder, and, I, and I'm i being real white tonight, man. It's so sorry. Thanks for putting up with this. But like, I wonder if that catch up game, as you, as you have seen over and over, there's no catching up there's no you know what I'm saying like that game is rigged and while the magic is available and we can be personally successful through individualist practices mm-hmm. I, I mean even as a white guy like I'm like the game's rigged I'm not I'm not gonna be a billionaire I'm not gonna be a millionaire um, and for for lots of different reasons and people would disagree with me like no no you just not, didn't work hard enough or you didn't do you didn't do enough and so you're not mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I wonder, I wonder if, if people start seeing that, you know, personal success is not about how much money you can spend. Um, it's, it's more about being like fulfilled and happy and connected with your, with your people and your land. Cause that's, I mean, the people that have been on the earth, the longest, that's what they do.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100.
0: Whether it be the you know Sammy in the north in the North uh, Asia uh, or Aboriginal folks in Australia or Indigenous folks here, like the the Indigenous thinking, like those, that's uh, not that not that they don't have like human problems. It's just there's this when I see that and and when I ex- experience it, it's I I get that I'm like oh all this other stuff is just made up. And it makes life more convenient and more there's, I mean, I love, you know, Somebody's telling me, I I think it might've been you, I love, you know, calling Uber eats or something for dinner. (laughs) Civilization has brought us a lot. Right. You said that, right. Uh, At the same time, I think there's something out there right outside the door that, that the earth is available to everyone. And you, you know, while people have been pushed off the land and things like that have happened and um that's a whole other thing so so maybe that's part of it too um but the earth herself is like it's an abundant it's an abundant place
1: where there's enough for everybody Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, there's another race out there right you don't have to run the western capitalist race and um no i love that idea of building a natural space where the actual vegetation is also in communication with each other versus Mm -hmm. just having plants, but they don't work together. They're not intended to be together. Um, Right. There's so much to say to how um, we don't know the levels. And that's the problem with automatically assuming indigenous thought is ignorant or unknowing. We don't Mm -hmm. even know the depths or the power of nature working in cahoots with nature. We don't understand Mm -hmm. that. And to think about when I think of agriculture, because I'm a history teacher, because I'm black, my first thought is the plantation owners ripping the topsoil by spreading cotton everywhere just to make every little buck they could. And little do they know that there's probably a relationship with the cotton and the certain um, places that it's supposed to grow naturally, that can improve that to where, you know, you're the plants are operating in a better ecosystem and uh we we don't think that way because we just want to make as much money as possible versus create the best opportunity for the plants that are involved as well and you know i don't Mm know that's just very very i've never thought about that before so i think that's kind of cool and i need to look more into that
0: yeah and if and if, if there's a branch too that branches off into like esotericism or occultism or whatever you want to call it, or Mm -hmm. where the people are having a spiritual connection with plants and with nature, which I think is, you know, um, I think that's our birthright as humans is like, that's, there's something there where we're in a, we're in a symbiotic relationship with, with the planet that I know that there's lots of different beliefs about creation, but you know, even the Bible says that we come from dust, that we come from the earth, like our right. bones and our blood and all that stuff, those, all those molecules and everything else, they rose up from the earth. And so, yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to do with any of this other than <laughs> like, <laughs> just start learning and exploring and trying to connect in the ways that I can. And I, I just was, I just was curious about that, man. And I know that we, I don't know, I talked about, I don't know, I feel like was it touchy stuff as it was a touchy? is it touchy for you or not touchy but like
1: I mean I'm I'm exhausting? well I'm in a different category as I'm learning that as a comedian mm. who uses humor to survive the world nothing's touchy for mm. me I, I mean the worst okay. grateful experiences I've had become comedy bits and I see the irony sure. in them so for me it's okay. it's all comfortable and I just okay. I love that we all perceive and experience things differently. And I mm-hmm. think that there's so much, so much to learn from others. And to me, when we laugh about things on the show, we're not laughing at the differences. We're laughing at the the irony that they're so different that we didn't even know that they were different. Mm-hmm. Like the idea mm-hmm. of black people going, nah, I ain't going outside, why would I do that? And, and you're like, <laughs> why wouldn't you? It's like, that's just, it was like, yeah. that's hilarious to me. And um, black culture is unique in that way. And we are so different from white culture. And people like to say that, that those things might not exist, but they're, they're very real. And yeah, we have to talk and share. So we see these differences. But I, I just like that you're observing. I, I think there's a level of allyship where you start seeing things and you start noticing things and you have more questions. And I think that's a healthy space mm-hmm. to be in because it it shows that you're paying attention and it it shows mm. that you're also realizing, Oh man, racism. It's not always malicious. It's just this real different dichotomy of how we're existing in this country and yeah. something as simple as a Bass Pro shop, not being attainable. It's like, there are food deserts and outdoor, <laughs> outdoor, um, good mm-hmm. deserts right there. There are places yeah. where the yeah. things that I consider normal commodities, it's a desert for black people. And therefore we don't have that same connection. And it could be wow. the business doesn't make money in this group, right? That could be the thing. You know, I'm, right. I'm currently in a Whataburger mm-hmm. desert. Is it because Whataburger doesn't think Californians mm-hmm. like their type of burgers? I Or is it, you know, something else? I don't know. But mm but that happens. Businesses choose to operate in certain places. And it's not always malicious, but there are actual ramifications. And black people don't connect with outdoors the same way. And it'd be great to Mm. see that change. Um, But it would also have to come with the idea that these, these, maybe it's not cultists, but there, I was watching a ABC show. And it was about this white supremacy group that lives off the grid. That's what yeah. I know about going outdoors. They're right. they're out there too. So if you mm. end up in the wrong place, yeah, I, I hope you enjoyed your camp trip because uh, you ended up right on a reservation full of right crazy, you know, separatists who are racist at the same time. That yeah. that is a real black fear. That there's no doubt oh, wow. about. It. You you will not catch me. Walking into someone else's outdoor space because, right? They they will shoot you. That's that's the culture. So it's like you know what? I'll stay in wow. the city. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's real. That's real.
0: That's real. I mean, and you know, um, outdoor outdoors don't have to be white spaces. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a white space. And I don't, I don't know, like, like, again, going back to Shelton what he, Johnson, what he's talking about is, is it's as an American, these parks are your are your birthright, you know, mm-hmm. Yosemite, Yellowstone, um, Appalachian Trail, like all these big and at the same time, like it's that you bring up something really interesting, like your grandparents couldn't travel to Yosemite from uh, from Mississippi Without putting their life in danger,
1: right? So yeah. why would
0: you go? Was, y- was Yosemite
1: on the Green Book? <laughs> if Yosemite's in yeah, the Green Book, saying. maybe, but
0: <laughs> maybe, yeah. But just getting there, right? Getting through Texas, getting through. If you had to go through Oklahoma or New Mexico or wherever you went, it's like if you didn't have that book, how, and and if the book was wasn't updated, you know, if you, maybe you had last month or last last, you know, oh, whatever wow. it was, because that had to. That it's without the internet. I mean, and that's an amazing. That's another amazing story too. Is just. The amount of work that went into that, um, the amount of just, I don't know. That that to me, that's the kind of hustle I think that uh, that's the kind of grind that I, I want to s- celebrate. Yeah. You know. Black and ingenuity. Part of black culture. Yeah. Is that, um, you know, getting, I mean, I just, it's just, that's just amazing. That's just amazing to me. And and more, more inspiring and like more encouraging, and motivating than any millionaire, whatever color they are, flashing cash around, you right. know, I mean, like, that was, that was the sort of more modern underground railroad kind of, you know, vibe or, you know, creating that these are where these are, these are, you know, there's some good whites out there. I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> and, yeah. and black owned businesses and stuff like that. So I don't know. Um, that to me seems like the the game that I want to play the the race I want to be in is that that's the race you know yeah and I uh, I don't know where I'm going with that
1: <laughs> no I, I, I but <laughs> I still think I guess I wish man that's so interesting Black History is pretty awesome even though it's been categorized as separate from American history and and we're working on changing that as we keep right. having these conversations around the country but the just the sheer bootstrapping the sheer american dream of the black experience is Mm -hmm. it's so amazing and so just to Mm -hmm. to be running the race so well but then told you're actually losing the race when you're not it it is that kind of lie like you said it it, Mm -hmm. it's it's you've actually lapped some of the people in the race and they're telling you you're behind them for sure because sure. you haven't been counting the laps but you're not behind them <laughs> you're actually lapped no, them and they don't want you all. to know that so they're like huh, mm-hmm. I, i'm beating you in the race and that that's yeah. just crazy to me because the green book any any group that can communicate that and get that known and widespread and people are using it I, my my grandparents told me that that was the most so much of this has been surreal because as my grandparents are getting mm-hmm. to the age of passing away but um just when they said yeah we just had to check the book uh, to get around but yeah it's like what book oh, i don't remember something some it was green oh that <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. book y'all used yeah. that yeah it was i mean otherwise we didn't make it to kansas <laughs> mhm oh yeah fair enough
0: mhm for sure man for sure and i think that's a that's a level of control that's used across across the board um you know i mean you had an experience you talked about a couple episodes ago with that you know doing that boy scout race where you won that race
1: mm.
0: and you still didn't get the prize yeah. you still didn't get it and and because the rules got changed quote you know right after you and it's like that is that moving the goalpost post win mm. is a constant thing i see with black people and black culture i mean when you kneel uh, during the national anthem, you know, you're called a traitor mm-hmm. and don't protest that way. And then when you go out the streets and start yelling that your life matters, don't protest that way. Mm-hmm. But when white folks that support this current president, let's say, um, Feel like their rights are infringed. It's perfectly fine for them to do that. Yeah, the president loves you. To a lot of people, yeah, to a lot of people, and the president applauds it. And um, I don't even think Barack could say to a Black Lives Matter protest, "You're doing great." <laughs> you know, what I mean, like even that, even the black president couldn't say, "I think they're doing a great job." Yeah. being in the street. Yeah. So it's it's. I mean, it is this constant moving of the goalpost for, I think for not only black culture, but, but, but poor whites and poor uh, Latin, just poor folks in general, whatever color you are, yeah, or, you know, shade of skin you are, um, that that's used for control, man.
1: Hmm. I don't, yeah. I like that because I can, I imagine if Kaepernick took a knee and then he got bad press and he just said, oh, I just know they're moving the goalposts. No big deal. It would be mm. it just the power in saying that and just saying, no, I'm not, I'm not worried about them moving the goalposts. That's what they do. And and it's just over. Everyone knows, oh, they did just move mm. the goalposts. Okay. Let's let's, you know, respect that. That's literally what's happening in front of our faces. This isn't someone who is protesting in a way we don't like or protesting in a way we do like. This is someone being an American and we just moved the goalpost on them halfway through, and that's what happens all the time. And I, I like that because that allows me to at least look for opportunities where I, I, I won the race. And what I was told was yeah. the moved goalposts. I, I never, I, man, Richie, you saying it that way? Because I'm 30 years old. This happened when I was 11, maybe. So, Mm -hmm. or I'm 31, so that's easier math. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So for the last 20 years, I've been battling with what the hell that story means. Am I a good Mm -hmm. person for letting this other person in the race feel good about themselves? Or am I a lazy American who did not do everything I could to win? And the reality is I did win and Mm -hmm. I did care Mm -hmm. about that other person all yep. that person did was move the goalpost, so it appeared yep. like I lost. Yep, absolutely, man. Damn, I love that. I won the race. I actually did everything I needed to do to win. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I did win. <laughs> Golly, yeah, crazy. Oh my god. And well, I-
0: that's a good. That's <laughs> a good question to our to our listeners too. Is is you know, um, can you think of times in your life where that goalpost was moved? Cause it's crazy making, like you said, 20 years, it's still, it, it makes you feel like you're nuts Mm -hmm. or like you did something wrong or whatever else. When, uh, when in fact, those that are in power that make the rules can change them at any time, uh, unless they're held accountable. Because if, you know, if I was on the sidelines and saw that, or if your parents saw that or whatever else, like you bet,
1: well, my (laughs) dad, say something, my dad saw it. And he said, well, you, you, hmm. you didn't run as hard as you could. You could have blown uh, out the water. Oh, man. And so yeah. I leave that because I could have, I could have, this kid might not even have been, See, I could have looked back and not known I was running against anybody. Yeah. And I chose not to do that. But my dad bought into it and was like, well, I guess, yeah, technically you didn't. And so... Uh, and my question, I mean, I, I understand that too, Chris. I mean, I understand that too.
0: Like, cause you're just in it, you're in the middle of it. And, and the, I mean, if we buy into that, that whole thing, that the authorities make the rules and we, that's, that's who has authority. So I'm sure in his brain, I bet if you talked to him about it now, I wonder what he would think about it. Now.
1: We talked about it not that long ago. Um, mm. Because we, my grandfather's getting up in age and me and my dad were having yeah. more, spats about their relationship and then our relationship and we were talking about um you know me trying to run as hard as I can now and, and adopt individualism and stuff like that yeah. and he kind of said that's always been your problem you never run as hard as you could mm. which is true yeah. i haven't um but a friend of mine who is going to be on the show later Stacy Harkey who's a comedian he's very successful right now and i was talking to him about my own battle with running as hard as i can and he was like mm-hmm. for someone that's not running dude you've been killing it so um yeah. you yeah. need to be very um aware of your own natural talents and 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 not be beating yourself up about that and that was really good to hear because i was like well that's that's true too and um yeah. and so it, it's this thing of like what how am i supposed to be interpreting this and my dad's still kind of in that you didn't run as hard as you could but it makes right. me want to ask our listeners, when have you agreed to move the goalposts? When have you bought in mm. to move in the goalposts and, mm-hmm. and how often do we do this to the people we disagree with? Right. I, you know, you talk about, um, what we've kind of been talking about in our last episode was the superiority and the, the, the hypocrisy that we're seeing right now. You move the goalposts on on a different group of people because of what they're wearing and because of mm-hmm. what they look like, and you know, one during the summer, yes, right. Two people are protesting for different th- reasons, or, or they're attached to different things for different reasons. But if you find yourself changing the goalposts for different people, you really need to address that and look at that. And yeah, um, and I I know there was a moment now again I'm a I'm a Kaepernick fan and I'm a black man. So I'm very okay with him kneeling. But I remember going, "Mm, he is kind of disrespecting the flag. Like we really don't care about the American flag like that. Maybe that's why they're mad, but it's like, no, that's okay to protest that way because (laughs) there's no way that that's a bad thing, but they just moved the goalpost on us, which makes sense. And so I've been susceptible to agreeing to a goalpost move Mm which I need to be honest with myself. Oh my God. I just moved the goalposts on a person because of what the system says or what authority says or, or, or something like that. You know, Nancy Pelosi told me to move the goalposts. So I moved it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I, uh, that's great,
0: man. That's great. I mean, I think both of those are fantastic. I mean, that's, that's great because, you know, when, um, when I'm stuck in a mindset and trying to defend that mindset or that point of view, when I start defending myself, that's when that happens to me. Very willing to do it. Yeah. You know, to, to lessen the impact. Like I know as a conservative, when I was a conservative, um, it was a huge deal that the government not put their stinking government hands on any business. There's the deregulation, all that stuff. And that's very much a part of the party currently. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, if I was still in that and still in the middle of that, I would absolutely be on the bandwagon of we've got to get in the middle of Twitter and Facebook because they're silencing our voice. Mm-hmm. But those two things do not; those don't work. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> a goalpost move. <laughs> if, it, if it is, it absolutely is. And I'm, and I know that I'm. I do that with other things. I so that's that's great, man. Dang! Why? So that is,
1: they're moving the goalposts because Trump told them to. You know, like what? Because that's a goalpost move, completely.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, and I think it's because when, when, and I, I think a lot of those people, seventy-four million or whatever it is, I don't know all of them, but a lot of them feel uneasy about this election. They feel like they've been lied to. They feel like things are hidden. They feel like the government is covering stuff up. They mm-hmm. just, they have this sensation. They didn't storm the Capitol. They didn't. They don't support you know racist policies they want to see police reform they want to see but they really feel like something's not right mm-hmm. and and then they also feel silenced yeah. by twitter and everything else shutting down some of that
1: more extremist stuff um and and that's i but i think so this is the irony of what's not right <laughs> the irony <laughs> Of what's not right is Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the only person to motivate black people to go vote. And you have gotten <laughs> more <laughs> black votes than ever. And, and these people are like, that's, you see how many, those numbers don't add up. It's like, yeah, 13% yeah. showed up and normally only 4% of us show up. So that's a right. big change in the in the group of people mm-hmm. who normally yeah, they don't affect me. It doesn't matter. When Obama mm-hmm. was up, we voted. When Hillary yeah. was up, yeah, yeah, I, I'm okay, I'm good. Like you know, I I'll, yeah. I might show up, but I'm I'm technically fine. Trump again? Nah, we showing up, all of us <laughs> in droves. Georgia is blue. Yeah. I'm sorry, we let yeah, you, like yeah. that's what it Come was. On. And I can only on. imagine going something something's not. This is not right. There's no way this is possible. Yeah. Well, and
0: this is my conspiracy theory. So this is my, this is why things happen. Donald Trump has been a liberal his almost entire life. He's oh, given yeah. money to like liberal causes, all that stuff. 10 years ago when, when Obama became president, he was like, I'm going to destroy the Republican party and I, and I, I got a plan. <laughs> so, and he's just acted it out this whole time. And it's I mean, the, the, the party's in shambles, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, we have a completely, you know, left or democratic centrist, like, you know, legislation, legislative and executive branch. First
1: time. I don't know, man.
0: Uh, I'm not trying to give them credit, but, but <laughs> just <laughs> those are the kind of conspiracies I like, you know, like where you look at all this stuff. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, that going back to that uh, goal uh, post. you know, move, moving that goal post stuff. I mean, it's so, you know, to the people that feel like they, they, when we started talking about it, immediately something popped up immediately. Those people that heard that and immediately that situation, whatever it is, I do want to say, Chris and I both want to say like, you're not crazy. You're not nuts. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy making to, uh, to have, to have that done. It's, it's it's beyond I I mean, yeah, I mean, it's to have that done to you. And also to do it. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't help. It doesn't help you it doesn't it doesn't help. When you get presented with a fact or a series of facts that contradict your beliefs, sit with those don't push back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I'm saying Chris and I are saying this because he's shot. He's shaking his head. Y'all can't see him yet. We're trying to get the video up. We're gonna get it done. Right. But You know, both of those situations, whether you whether you do it or it's been done to you, that's either
1: one of them feel good. Yeah. And for someone who's for progress, the the um, immediate feeling of being frozen and not able to progress and move forward. When someone moves the goalpost, that's literally what you have just done to them is they Mm -hmm. don't know how to move forward because the game is changing as they're playing it. And now they can't take a step forward. And that's a big way that the Black community has been stifled over generations and generations is you keep moving the goalposts, they will always be appearing to be losing. And Mm. um, if you were for progress, you would really want to not move the goalposts for someone else. It's just very, very disruptive to progress.
0: Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. Well, Chris, I mean you know we do this on this show sometimes we just nail it we just get it we just find i'm floored (laughs) find something last week's show and this week's show man we're just getting to it where insight kind of kind of shines on both of us and i i hope it shines on y'all too that are listening i mean we we appreciate y'all so much the show is growing we've got i mean just to I want to shout out to our patrons that are helping support the show. I mean, they're paying for us to be able to, to record over the internet. And, and we're up to that point now where y'all are, y'all are paying for the, it's, it's fantastic. Um, you know, and, and uh, our, our growth is up. We see, uh, you know, the people that are listening and downloading the show, uh, you know, unique views, all that stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just growing and growing. And we, I'm, we are so appreciative of
1: that. I mean just beyond words you know yeah i'm i'm speechless one because for the last 20 years i've been trying to figure out do i need to be helping people or running harder and now it's like yo, i've been doing (laughs) both this whole time (laughs) i didn't know so i'm just i'm lost right now um but i'm so thankful for y'all i'm so thankful for the show i'm so thankful for the fact that You know, we are taking a very sad situation of the murder of George Floyd, and we are turning that into growth in our country. And we are Mm -hmm. connecting with people and yearning with people. And we just want Mm -hmm. to keep that up and keep helping each other see the forest through the trees and understand, (laughs) hey... We have been indoctrinated in white culture or black culture or American culture, Western, Mm -hmm. all those things. And we need to understand them and see them in order to move forward. And so, hey, let's let's stop moving the goalposts. Let's keep talking. Let's keep connecting. And, you know, five stars, please follow us, like us, (laughs) hit that subscribe button and keep listening each and every week. We thank you all so much. All right. Thanks, y'all. Peace. Peace.